Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Money Mindset. I think that sounds alright. Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. So this is season three of the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. So I'm your host, Neil Doig. I'm the author of the book, Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. The creator of Football Formation Asset Allocation and the founder and director of Money Tips, which is a coaching company and an edtech company. So today we are joined by Laura from Thrifty Londoner. So season two of the podcast, we are joined by money bloggers from all over the world. So we're lucky enough today to be joined by Laura. She has been, she was runner up in the um, best new blog of in the UK. And yeah, so thank you so much, Laura, for joining us. So yeah, first of all, yeah, thanks. And just tell us a bit more about Thrifty Londoner, why you started it, why you think it's, um, people need to be more thrifty with their money. And yeah, maybe just tell us what problems you solve and how you go about solving these problems. Yeah, sure. Um, well, thank you so much for the lovely introduction. Um, yeah, so I, I write about millennial personal finance um, on both my blog and my Instagram channel. Um, and I set it up just because, mainly because I'm passionate about helping other people take control of their money, um, adjust their mindset towards money and ultimately achieve financial wellness um even whilst they live in london yeah so it's tricky in london i mean i lived in london for yeah 15 years and yeah it's an expensive city to live in so yeah what would you if you're living in london any thrifty tips that you would recommend people do so many thrifty tips i have for living in london um i think the main thing is to do your research, especially if you're just moving to London for the first time. Um, it's important to sort of pick your location well. Um, and, you know, there, there are bargains to be had out there for uh, your rentals and things like that. But it does take some time to find kind of the sweet spot between, um, you know, living really far out and living... Yeah close enough to your to your workplace at a reasonable price you know there's so many different variables um but I think yeah if you can walk to work for example I can walk to work from where I'm living now um we managed to find uh like a flat at a really good price yeah um so kind of that saves me a lot of money because I'm I don't have to pay for commuting costs yeah um and yeah, I guess there's so many different things. Like, you know, you want to be close to a tube station as well. Um, so, yeah, doing a lot of research on places like spareroom.com um, yeah. just to make sure that you're getting the best rental deal is the first thing that you can do if you're thinking about moving to London. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you. With, um, you mentioned, I think you hit the nail on the head with being well-being. It's all about yeah, having a better life and have using money smartly to do that. I think you're right with looking at the big costs that you can save. So renting is obviously a, a big one or buying a house is obviously a big one. Housing costs are, are huge in London. So yeah, doing saving on that can make a lot of difference. I remember I moved to London and I got 
my rental place through spare i think you mentioned spareroom.com or mm. even being gumtree at the time so avoiding estate agents was quite good for me but we went directly to the to the owner of the, the, the house and we saved money our rent was essentially cheaper because we saved money by not paying an estate agent which was quite good and also mm. looking back now was I think about inflation, so we talk about inflation in the past, which essentially it's eroded, the pound coin in your back pocket is being eroded by living costs. So if you rent for a long time, so I, I remember my rent was like 600 pounds something, but I stayed in that rental property for like maybe three or four years and rent prices were going up. But because I stayed in that same rental property, essentially my rent was, a, was the same. So my rent didn't go up, which was mm -hmm. loads of money looking back but yeah any, any thoughts on that so living by the tube station would be good living so you don't have to commute is a good you yeah make, and yeah anything else you want to talk about well i guess the other thing um i mean it's not for everyone but often um doing a house share saves an incredible amount of money yeah so when i first moved to london a few years ago now um, I started living in a house share and it's great because you can also meet people yeah. um, as well as, you know, saving some money too. Um, but that said, um, I actually pay, I share a flat with my partner now and yeah. the money that we pay in rent now is actually less than we each individually paid um, oh. in the house shares that we oh, were in. Cool. So it's, it's tricky, but um, I, d I definitely think if you can, split your rent with someone um it definitely makes it more affordable um and actually before about two years ago we were house sharing as a couple as well so yeah splitting the cost of our room in a house share which meant our rent was about 425 pounds each i think so that was a huge saving against yeah. <laughs> you know what people usually pay for rent in london but it i guess my view on that is that that isn't necessarily a sustainable way to live um yeah. you know you kind of need more space and um you know you're not 21 anymore <laughs> yeah um it kind of like can be a bit of a drag living with a lot of of uh, other people but yeah I, I definitely think if you're new to london it's a great way to kind of get introduced to london life i agree with you doing your research as well so yeah having a look and i guess it's also knowing maybe knowing people as well is quite handy like speaking to like if you're looking for a house let people know and say like, oh, i'm looking here one of the places i lived in uh, i was renting from my a friend he moved to australia and i saved essentially i was looking after the property for him he didn't want to because he trusted me and yeah i saved he gave me a good deal on my rent so i was quite lucky in that way uh, mm. yeah and it's yeah that, that's another tr maybe trick to, to if you know someone who is renting or even if you know a house share um someone who's moving out of a house share that you can get a good deal yeah there's lots of kind of yeah sort of tricks and kind of hacks that you can do but that's Definitely. what we're going to cover today we're going to talk about thrifty so how to be thrifty that's kind of the theme of the show we're also going to talk about debt not getting and also going to talk about mindset so my favorite stuff subject is mindset my book millennial money mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots was yeah covered a lot of mindset um yeah topics so yeah so what any embarrassing habits or kind of favorite mistakes you've made with money even kind of the side of things or yeah tell us more about that laura anything you you can think of yeah well um i mean i guess it's more of a series of mistakes um okay. but i guess 
when when I was at university and in my early 20s I didn't budget at all um I used to work like crazy in all the holidays so I think I even had about three jobs at one point um so I was really hard working but I was spending it all on nights out clothes like uh gigs all this kind of fun stuff um and I kind of look back at that now and think I still could have done all that fun stuff um but kind of save some money as well <laughs> yeah so I kind of worked so hard and just like used to blow it all every term on yeah on fun um I mean I, I guess I, I kind of view that as more of a mistake than a huge regret because I still had a lot of fun um yeah. but I do wish I'd managed my money better so that when I left uni I had some money left over to do things like internships um because instead I had to work a few temporary jobs after you need to kind of get that money back up yeah. again um and then I spent that all again on living costs in London when I was doing unpaid internships yeah. um and yeah like I, I don't have any family in the UK or anything so saving up to do those internships was kind of like my only option at the time yeah um so I could have done that a lot quicker and um yeah kind of had the money there already if I had managed my money better at uni um and then it was kind of the same story when I was in my early 20s like I lived in Manchester for a little while um with a friend and I was again temping and again I just didn't manage my money well at all so I I did have some savings at that point um but I just had to keep using my savings for general living costs yeah um so yeah but that that kind of my approach to money in my early 20s is probably my biggest mistake with money um just as a general point um but it was it wasn't until I moved to London um that things got a bit more serious and I started to budget and yeah my expenses a bit more yeah I mean I'm I mean everyone's the same I, I we talked about I used to live in London as well and I had probably my best 10 years of my life living in London I had you know great I wouldn't have met my partner if I didn't live in London and yeah had some great nights out and met some great people there uh, but yeah budgeting is an interesting one I I still I'm, I'm the laziest budgeter ever I just mm-hmm. and I, I talk about paying yourself first and it's almost become like a cliche I've been banging on about this for years now and yeah it's as soon as you get paid like set up an automated system so it goes out of your account into another account but I set that up in my 20s and never even had to, didn't have to think about budgeting because I at the end of the month, if I didn't have any more money left, that was, that was me done. I didn't go out anymore. Mm. But, but I knew that there was a, an account set up that I couldn't touch or made it really, really difficult for me to go in. and I couldn't actually access it. Yeah. Today also, all your pension is automated. So it's great from, if you're a millennial today, which is going to be the next question, but it's, there's a thing called auto-enrollment. So if you, if you work for an employer, you are now auto-enrolled into a pension, which is brilliant. I didn't have that um we didn't have that that's only come in in the last few years so i mean i was a geek i kind of knew that kind of put money into my pension when i was when i was um working so yeah i was lucky enough to kind of build up a decent pot but yeah it's it's great now that it almost does that automatically for you which is quite handy but um but yeah it's 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 the old age question of budgeting it's always a challenge it's um 
but everyone does it differently and there's no right or wrong answer. I find different clients like different things, but I still speak to sit down with clients and look at like, have you set up an automated payment system? And lots of people still haven't. And yeah, it's, it's, it takes about an hour of your time and you don't have to worry or stress about that anymore. So for me, that was kind of a big aha moment where I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense now. I think I was reading yeah. a just man in Babylon, which is, that was a book that I was like, I read and I was like, oh yeah, make sure you pay yourself first. Uh, spend less than you earn and yeah invest for the future i mean these are kind of principles that i learned years ago but for me that was really helpful definitely coming back to millennial so the show is called millennial money mindset you think you, you mentioned being a millennial yourself so mm -hmm. what is a millennial like for yourself what is it um yeah tell me more about your experiences as being a millennial today i think um more than anything i think being a millennial means that you have a lot of options on where you want to take yeah. your life. Um, you know, we can just Google anything that we want um, and yeah, we can research anything that we want. I, I think, um, you know, when I look at my parents' generation um, and back when they were my age, which is 27, um, yeah. it was 1992 and I don't think there was as much opportunity around back then. Um, it was before the internet came along. Um, there was a much bigger emphasis on staying in a stable job, starting a family, getting a great pension, you know, these kind of amazing final salary pensions. Um, you know, my, my dad's been with his current employer for over 30 years. Um, yeah. So I think that approach to working and money is very different um, to what it's like now so yeah. I couldn't imagine staying with an employer for 30 years um and I don't know I think I think being a, a millennial now is kind of having the opportunity to earn money in a way that suits you and having really the information at your fingertips to start doing that if you want yeah. to um you know it's, it's also easier to switch between between jobs especially in London um I think there's like like I said there's so much opportunity here um because so many workplaces are based here um and again you can use the internet to you know figure out what the company's like before you go for an interview um you can maybe even get an idea of what salary you should be getting um so yeah, I think, I think a really big thing about me being a millennial is that you have so much information at your yeah. disposal. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we get a bad rep for being kind of lazy, entitled, um, high maintenance, okay. like kids. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that's the whole picture. I really don't. I think a lot of millennials have side hustles along time, alongside their full-time job yeah. um, which actually means they're really hard working and yeah. you know they're willing to put in the work to get to a lifestyle that they want. Yeah no I agree so I think I, I think you're totally right with information so we the internet has changed everything like the, I, I grew up I'm still consider myself a millennial in in Wikipedia according to Wikipedia I'm still a millennial but I'm kind of clinging on for dear life I'm 38 so I'm kind of on the top end of the millennials and I remember the time when there wasn't an internet, like imagine that, like uh, <laughs> the internet. So you could, it's almost become like a utility, like turning on the tap and you get water. Now yeah. turn on the tap and you get information. 
So it, and it reminds me back, it reminds me a bit like, the, imagine, cast your mind back to like the 16th century when before the printing press. So before you had access to books or information and the spread of information, once you had the printing press, it's kind of crazy. They kind of, you call it like the Renaissance period where you had all these ideas and information and education kind of bouncing into each other. And it kind of created a, this Renaissance period where you had this kind of creativity, innovation, new ideas, new kind of cultures, new information all bouncing together and it creates something better than the individual parts and yeah this kind of, if you think of I know if you go to like Venice or like, like these beautiful um, Italian cities this is kind of the re re renaissance period where you have all these kind of new ideas and I think we're heading into a new renaissance period myself I this is my kind of theory of my book millennial money mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots and yeah I think we're kind of heading into although we're hit, hitting kind of a a crash in kind of the last few months and coronavirus and there's kind of been going to be a downturn potentially a recession as well but we're kind of on an upswing of i think yeah the internet has set, essentially has changed anything and i think changed everything and i think it's really good for the individual essentially the way i i do a, a diagram illustration in the book and it's a bit like where copernicus this is kind of the the guy who had access to a telescope and he was like actually the earth isn't the center of everything. It's kind of, we revolve around the sun, not the sun revolve around earth. And I think mm. similar thing with the internet where actually the individual, the person at home is actually now in charge rather than the company. So in the past, we potentially would have had to do jobs that we didn't necessarily like. But today we can, like you say, we've got opportunities, internet, you can look, you can research companies, you can go anywhere in the world and do a job that you love and yeah you've I think it's kind of a golden era hopefully of the, the millennial <laughs> that's just my opinion I don't know but yes um so yeah imagine you hold in your hand a winning lottery ticket what would you do with your time Laura here's a quick message from our sponsors the book millennial money mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots navigating the minefield of investing avoiding costly errors may cost you thousands of pounds a times report revealed the cost of financial advice would cost you hundreds of thousands of pounds over 20 years just to top up a lifetime allowance on your pension millennial money mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots empowers you to make your own investing decisions it aims to put money into your pocket time back into your day and remove stress from your life all for under £10. Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruits, you need the roots, is now available on Amazon in print, Kindle or Audible versions. It was shortlisted by the Financial Times in 2018 and it aims to be the best investment you make this decade. Get your copy today. Imagine you hold in your hand a winning lottery ticket. What would you do with your time, Laura? So money's no object. So now you've got like, yeah, you can choose to, you might go on a few holidays, you might give it to charity, you might give it to friends, but yeah, imagine what would you, how would you spend your time? Well, I think my first thought would be to quit my nine to five job. So I, okay. I still, I still have a work nine to five um, alongside of my passion project, which is yeah. Thrifty Lundner. Amazing. Um, so that would be the first thing. And obviously I'd do the obligatory helping my family, friends, yeah. um, trip around the world, all that kind of thing. Um, but I do think my real calling would still be to help others in 
whatever way I could like I definitely love to write a book um, yeah do it um, write a book yeah yeah I think I'd just spend what would the book be on I don't know actually um I should figure that out shouldn't I just in case yeah, I I'm gonna do a YouTube channel on how to write a book because it's I'm I want on to my second book now so I've Millennial Money Mindset. I wrote that back in 2018, and I've got a new book called Football Formation Asset Allocation, which is based on my board game. So I've got a card game which I've, I've invented around this teaching asset allocation, and I've written. So I've got 70,000 words. So the, the word count is there for my second book, but editing is a nightmare, and even referencing is a nightmare. So just I've yeah. book nerd, so I reference literally hundreds of books. But yeah, it's I highly recommend it you learn so much, you kind of condenses all your ideas and thoughts into, yeah, easy to digest, um, actually, yes, writing a book, I highly recommend it. Yeah, like, it's, it's definitely on my bucket list, like, um, I guess I just need to pick a topic. <laughs> yeah, so let's go, my, what about mindset? So that was a, you mentioned you want to talk about mindset, so mm. with my clients, I, when I sit them down, I always say, what's your money mindset on scale on a scale of one to 10? So one being really bad, you worry about money every day, you're stressed and kind of worried about money. Whereas 10 is like perfect, like you don't worry about money anymore. It's a bit like turning on a tap at home and money's just there. You don't, you've got enough income that will pay you and you've got enough assets that will pay you an income for when you stop working, you don't necessarily stress or worry about it, but we're all on a, a spectrum, so to speak. So I think money mindset is where you, your thoughts and how your relationship with money, what your, how your parents or your school taught you about money and yeah, your stress, how you stress and worry and your kind of thoughts about money. So yeah, tell me more about what your thoughts of money mindset are. Yeah, like I think for me, um, and one thing I kind of want to, uh, a message I really want to get across with um, the work I do with Thrifty Londoner is that you can change your mindset to be more positive towards money um, and kind of instead of fearing checking your bank account or um, you know have, having a negative connotation with money for whatever reason whatever the reason might be upbringing or early life experiences whatever it is um, and changing that to thinking that money is actually a tool that can help you like like yeah. you mentioned um, you know, it, it can help you achieve financial financial independence or yeah. wh whatever it is that you want your life to look like. And um, yeah, I think it's really important. Sorry, really important for for people to make that switch um, if they've had negative experiences yeah. and think of money in a new light. And um, yeah, because I mean it. it it's not even even I think some people are even scared to say that they want to be wealthy or they feel like um wanting more money is perhaps greedy and even that is a negative thought about money because actually yeah. you can create wealth and you can still do good with that money um whether that's for you or your family or you know a bigger a bigger cause um yeah. It's no, a tool that at your disposal. I think you're right with wealthy. I think people misdefine the word wealthy as in they think it's kind of a bad thing. So for mm. wealth is how long you can live, how many days you can live without needing to work. So it's not necessarily about you can and it kind of gives you you can work for joy 
rather than working for necessity. So if mm. you, essentially that's one of the reasons why I started my company because I, I got made redundant and I was like, actually, what do I want to do with myself? So I kind of worked out how much money do I have to live on? And I, I worked out that I'd saved up enough that I could essentially not need to work for a good few years. And that meant I wasn't, I'm not a financially independent yet, um, but it gave me security and it gave me freedom and it gave me independence to say, actually, I can choose now to do what I want to do, look at kind of my strengths, my demand, what I enjoy talking about. And yeah, I essentially set up a business that I enjoy doing. Like it's quite rewarding that I sit down with clients and I take them from point A to point B. So their money mindset scale. I had a client recently who was on a four money mindset and was worried and stressed about money. And coming on my program, I've got a five-step method. After his program, he's on a seven or eight. And it's like, wow, you can actually, it's, it's quite addictive that you can actually help. Yeah. It's quite strange, but um, you, it, you get kind of a buzzer out of actually, oh, wow, I can actually improve people's lives. And actually from that one step, you can yeah, have an impact on someone's actual lives. It's quite, um, yeah, it's really rewarding. But I think, yeah. Um, yeah. So you've got, I went off on a tangent, which I've, I've got <laughs> um, a habit of doing, but yeah, money mindset. I think you, yeah, you, you're right with, um, I, I th with what you're saying. It's, I think there's a really good book that I read called mindset and it's by Carol. I want to say Dweek, Dweek or Dwork. I reference it in my book and she says she did loads of studies. Like she's a scientist and she's done loads of work on it. She's a psychologist, I think. And essentially she boils it down to two mindsets so i talk about this in my book essentially you've got a fixed mindset and a growth mindset so a fixed mindset is you you're born that way and you're always going to be that way so if say i don't know if you got i, don't, I got a c at gcse so if i can kind of have a fixed mindset i might be oh, i'm never going to be an a-star student i'm never going to yeah be that amazing at maths but the, the, the opposite view the other mindset shift is actually you can grow you can learn you can go back and you know study you can actually do things that can improve your life and yeah it's you're not fixed so people are not i guess coming back to your millennial point where today we've having more opportunities more chances more things to do we we're not fixed that we were in our parents generation or kind of even the generation before that where you might have been born into a coal mining village and that was your job for life yeah in London, you're more, how, what, is, what do you think about that? How, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, you, you mentioned kind of um, getting from the fixed to the growth mindset. I think yeah. a lot of that is to do with having the knowledge and, you know, learning more about, about money and yeah. just a bit of like financial education um, yeah. around things like investing. Um, and just having that knowledge can be really empowering and allow you to, yeah, make, make choices that give you more options in the future as well. Yeah, I think there's a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's probably almost like a cliche book now, but it's, it was like written in like, I think like over 100 years ago. And for me, that was a big mindset change for me. It was all about, yeah, all achievement and wealth is brought through a single idea. So you have this choice you, you have a thought in your mind and you can choose how to have that thought. It could be a good thought or a bad thought. And essentially you can design your life around this thought. So you can say, right, I want to write your goals and 
you can actually improve yourself and grow and get better by just doing taking action and yeah take set, setting goals is another big thing as well um yeah, yeah. that's really interesting that that was written a hundred years ago because i think I, that is so relevant now I'd isn't have to it? Check, yeah. napoleon hill he was he's a bit of like a guru in the kind of um the kind of the they used to call it self-help but i guess it's like mm. this book self-development is probably better but yeah he's basically the story behind the book is there's a guy called um Ah, he was like a steel magnet in the in the USA. He was like one of the richest people in the world. He was a Scottish guy, and I can't remember his name. But essentially, he asked Napoleon Hill to write this. Go interview all these people, all the rich people, and say, essentially, why? How did they become wealthy? And essentially, he boiled it down to like seven or eight kind of habits. Um, but it's super. It's quite groundbreaking at the time because it's almost quite spiritual. I'm not not religious at all, but it's it's quite. Um, yeah, it's about like essentially, yeah, thinking and growing rich. But it comes down to kind of. Um, having a burning desire and kind of following your, yeah. Yeah. One of the best quotes in the book was, it's like the acorn, um, the oak tree comes from the acorn, the chicken comes from the egg and the ideas to build your business come from your brain. Essentially it's like thinking and growing rich a bit like I, I use the, the analogy of the tree in my book. So if you, if you want the fruits, you need the roots. So the pound coin being like a seed, that it grows over time. Essentially, it's a bit like that. Like the mind is a bit like a garden. Like if you plant, the weeds grow unless you kind of think good thoughts. Um, but yeah, I, and kind of the ideas at the start of all the fortune. But yeah, what mm. do you think about that? I totally agree. And I think um, a, a lot of people uh, talk to me about how they can start um, side hustling or yeah. kind of working on their passions on the side of their nine to five. Um, which is what the, the stage that I'm currently at. Um, okay. And, you know, I think people kind of say, how, you know, how did you get to do this? Or um, how can I do this? And I think it really is just taking action. It's having the idea and actually stepping forward and just keeping going with it, consistency. Um, and yeah, I think that's, um, so true now i think people just need to take action and and make a change and i think that's the same for whether you're wanting to start a business or whether you want to start um managing your money better it just takes those first few steps and then you just take another step and another step and you know before you know it you're reaching your goals amazing if, you, if someone talk. listening at home wants to um find you and connect with you what, what would they do um, so I'm very active on Instagram, so that's just okay. at Thrifty Londoner, um, or my website is just thriftylondoner.com. Brilliant. So yeah, check that out. And yeah, this has been Millennial Money Mindset. My name's Neil Doig. I'm the author of Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. And yeah, please like, please subscribe, and please tell one person about Millennial Money Mindset. Thanks so much. See you soon. Money. Mindset. I think that sounds alright.